Welcome to Psychedelicast. Hosted by Clinton Cayley, this show is an interview-based podcast focused on offering listeners in-depth information concerning plant medicines, entheogens, and all subjects tangential to psychedelia. Join us in prying open the third eye. Greetings, Psychonauts. Welcome to Psychedelicast. Thank you once again for being with us. I, as always, am your host, Clinton Cayley. Welcome to another No Trip Sitter segment. This is going to round out episode 14 for Psychedelicast. Thank you for sticking with us this long. If you're just joining, welcome to the show. I hope you guys enjoyed last week's uh, chat with Joe Moore of Psychedelics Today. I know I certainly did. Very interesting guy, very interesting talk. Uh, next week, we have coming at you a chat with Dr. Ryan Westrom, PhD, who is the co-author of the Psychedelics Integration Handbook. Do not miss that one. Fascinating chat with Dr. Westrom. Today, we're going to do a reading for you entitled Found Worthy. Thanks again for joining us. If yourself or someone else that you know has any project, podcast, business, product, or service that they'd like to promote via Psychedelicast, please reach out to us at our social media taglines. Those are at Psychedelicast on Facebook and Instagram. Or you can email me directly at clintonkaylee at gmail.com. We can discuss promotional packages. We can discuss podcast ad sharing, things like that. Please reach out to me. We are interested in looking for promotions for the show. Thank you. guys you know what we do at this portion of the show right here up front we like to put a call to action to all of our listeners what we'd like for you to do in order to help progress the show reach more people so we can spend more time doing this we'd like for you to first of all subscribe to our show on whichever podcatcher you be you may be happening to listen to this on right now um if you don't mind it would be a great help for to us if you would drop us a little review leave us some stars beyond that Go on over to Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can follow us on all three of those social media platforms at Psychedelicast. We post a lot of cool shit there. We like to stay in touch with you guys. We like to interact with our fan base and the community at large. So if you follow us there, that's going to be the best way to keep up with what's going on with the future of the show and, and all the different things we're involved in. And also we like to promote our friends, guests, and all things psychedelic via our social media platforms. So check us out there on all of those at Psychedelicast. Let's do a little psychedelic review. Now, like I promised you guys on the last No Trip Sitter, I was not going and I am not going to cover another piece of filmography. Today we're going to talk some music. Uh, one of my latest obsessions as far as musical acts go is a band out of Brisbane, Australia known as Caligula's Horse. They just released a brand new record entitled Rise Radiant. It just came out about uh, a week, 10 days ago. I've been listening to it. Uh, I've listened to it several times. I'm starting to feel it more and more. It's a pretty technical, progressive metal uh, style of music. Um, 
I'm a huge, huge fan of their previous album entitled In Contact. That has been an obsession of mine and almost a daily spin for at least a month and a half, two months now. I can't get enough of that album. Um, their new record, Rise Radiant, uh, just released, is another fantastic piece of musicianship. Um, like I said, sometimes with these complex musical, these complex uh, styles of music, it's a little more difficult to get a feel for them right off the bat, and it takes some time to digest and listen uh, multiple times. At least that's how I like to consume uh, this style of music. Um, let's tell you a little bit about the band before I kind of give you my breakdown on their latest album. Caligula's Horse, hailing from Brisbane, Australia, are a leading light in contemporary progressive metal. Their colorful and emotional music spanning influences as diverse as King Crimson, Steely Dan, Opeth, and Jeff Buckley has forged a deep and lasting connection with fans across, across the globe. Um, I'm not going to go too much into their own description of themselves. I'm going to tell you what I think about the band real quick. I would offer this band as a an enjoyable listen for fans of the Mars Volta protest the hero I can hear a little bit of incubus in there maybe some Coheed and Cambria um, they list their influences as Devin Townsend, Opeth, Steely Dan, Muse, Carnival, Meshuga, uh, Rage Against the Machine, The Beatles, Foo Fighters, Zappa, The Deer Hunter, Steve Vai, Fair to Midland. There's a nice deep cut. You don't hear too much about that band, Fair to Midland. That's a local Texas band, one of my favorites. Fuck, I miss those guys, dude. Their album, uh, what I tell fables from a mayfly what I tell you three times is true that is literally one of my favorite albums of all time probably in somewhere in my top 10 to 20 albums of all time so uh, knowing that they're that band is an influence of Caligula's horse I can kind of place that um, I can place that style in there um, there are a couple standout tracks on the latest record for me uh, I'm a big fan of the lead single coming off the album entitled Slow Violence. There's a cool, trippy video out for that. Check that out on YouTube, Slow Violence, excellent track. Uh, the following track to that is, no, is called Salt. I really enjoy that one. And later on in the album, there's a track called Valkyrie that I find uh, appealing as well. Um, if you're a fan of technical... Uh, progressive metal with clean high high pitch vocals uh, you're really gonna like this there's no screaming in it um, the guy has a very uh, I guess the best way to put it is pretty uh, melodic style vocalization I find it uh, you know the guy uses his voice like a like a separate instrument I really enjoy that in a vocalist um, I am gonna give this album the latest album rise radiant I'm gonna give it I'm going to give it 7 hits out of a 10 strip at this point. That number could rise. It's not going to go any lower. Um, but like I said, it may take me a little, a few more listens and more digestion to really get into the, the final groove for this album. So 7 out of 10 hits. Check out Caligula's Horse. Their album In Contact from 2017 is fucking phenomenal. I cannot more highly recommend that album. Um... I enjoy it more than the latest one, the one I'm discussing right now, but that could change in the future. We'll see how it goes. Let's get into our reading, Psychedelic Masters. Found worthy. My mind is bent at a strange angle. 
Everything crackles and pops with immense energy. I try to hold on to reality in a vacuum. It's no use. The electric neon buzzsaw DMT rips into my psyche with a viciousness I've never imagined possible. Somewhere inside my skull, this buzzsaw is emitting a screeching, wailing, high-pitched whine. I am simultaneously dumbfounded, in awe, and terrified beyond description. I am powerless. I am decimated. All ideas and constructs of time and reality are forcibly wrenched from me as I struggle for a grasp on anything solid. Useless. I am blasted through impossibly multicolored geometric machine tunnels that fold in on themselves infinitely. There is a ghost train in the middle of my back propelling me into this screaming abyss and I am helpless to slow it down. This fractal inferno disintegrates and morphs at light speed, geometry dissecting itself forever. This is impossible. The tryptamine compound dominates me completely in every conceivable aspect of intimidation. Resistance is futile. Fear will not stop this juggernaut. It grinds my ego into dust. I try to be afraid. Laughable. The drug assaulting my central nervous system assures me that even the concept of fear is a useless gesture. Everything I ever thought was real is gone, meaningless, nothingness. My body ceases to exist. I don't even know if I'm breathing. I am no longer human. I am a disembodied observer ripping through corkscrewing tunnels of never-ending luminescent sigils and hieroglyphs that morph themselves unintelligibly as I rocket past them. Language fails. Words could never describe the immensity of this power. This is a force beyond comprehension. I don't even try. I know it would cost me my sanity. Machinistic tentacles reach out and entangle my thoughts, squeezing me. The pressure is enormous. I spend eons clawing my way out of this psychedelic inferno, only to find myself back at the start of an infinite cascading cubic hallway. I cannot believe this. I cannot take this. A voice says, you must take it. You bought the ticket. Time to ride. The entirety of my being is pixelated, fractured, and erased. I am dead. I know it. But I am reborn. Thoughts tear through my consciousness at breakneck speed. They are living organisms connected to me, but with their own existence apart from me. Some I follow. Some I must release to their own devices. Oh God, I cannot take this. I cannot withstand this onslaught, this absolute assault on my psyche. I am pummeled unsanctimoniously by the crushing gravity of this psychedelic juggernaut. When will this end, I beg? It ends when we are finished. There is no mercy for me. She wants to see what I'm made of. She wants to show me what I'm made of. And so she grinds me into nothingness. All concepts of myself are powdered and blown away, reduced to observer, no body, inhuman, lost in this timeless expanse. I am dissolved to minutia, unrecognizable even to myself, forgotten. The Icaros vibrates inside the Maloka insanely, the shaman's voice morphing into a high-pitched oscillating whine. I have no point of reference. Reality is ruined, leveled, decimated. He has transmuted into a humanoid crab insect made of impossibly angled geometry and light. He hunkers in front of me, singing. The song is in an extraterrestrial plant language, but I know for fucking sure he is looking at me in the dark and singing to me. Wave upon wave crash into me. I am swept away again and again. Dragged back into this oceanic void. Tried, 
tested, and finally found worthy. And there you have it, Found Worthy, written by myself. Um, that's actually a splicing of two separate writings uh, put together. If you've listened to other episodes or earlier episodes of Psychedelicast, you will have heard a portion of that read previously, and I believe Ayahuasca Into the Screaming Abyss, which was a Rawcast Recycle episode. I included it with the um, main portion of the reading because it's an actual descriptive uh, anecdote of what I was experiencing as opposed to what it meant to me. Um, the first night of my ayahuasca drinking in Peru last October was unbelievably intense and, uh, you know, I, th I hope that that description can give you, I mean, I say I hope, but I know that it really can't. Nothing can give any inkling of the magnitude of the experience that I had there and that everyone had there, not that my, not to say that mine was any more or less intense than anyone else's, but uh, the fact of the matter is that DMT is the strongest hallucinogen on the planet and administered specifically under those settings and circumstances, um, it makes for quite, uh, it made for me quite the brutal experience early on. You know, the come up and the peak of the first night was just unforgiving, it seemed. Um, and that's kind of what I wanted to convey in this writing and the reading of it. Um, I want to talk to you guys about some of the ways it was making me feel and what it actually showed me about those feelings toward the end. So as I was describing in that anecdote, as the ayahuasca was seeping into my bloodstream and getting into my liver and passing the blood-brain barrier and the DMT is coming on very, very strong. It was almost a switch from reality to instant DMT, uh, this DMT state psychedelic inferno with these just unbelievable uh, blasting sensation, like, like smoked DMT, like blasting through hyperspace. Um, and then there's these like giant towering like gnarled mandelbrot fractals and everything is just disintegrating and i can't even catch my breath because i'm so uh overwhelmed by the experience and it's not to say that i felt an overt fear but it was just like this it was like this entity um this uh, intelligence of the DMT was just flexing this massive power and just showing me like, okay, well, you came here to do this. Now, what do you think about this? And it's just showing me this like this magnitude of uh, of intensity that I had never experienced on any psychedelic uh, before or since. And it felt like it was trying to dominate me, like I was being, like it was trying to intimidate me initially. Like I'm, I'm asking this uh, disembodied entity or what seems to be this intelligence that's like blasting me with this DMT uh, experience. I'm asking like, why are you doing this to me? Like, why are you trying to break me? Why are you trying to dominate me? Um you know, you're scaring me, like, this is too intense, I can't take this, like, why are you doing this to me? And, you know, quite often it would give me these, uh, 
like ambiguous answers or occult answers like uh, you can handle it. It'll be over when it's over. Um, don't worry about it. Just just watch, you know, and it's telling me it's not giving me the answer I want, which is like, when is this going to end? Um, and, you know, I did come out of this portion and go on into other beautiful, uh, highly intense portions in their own right, but less uh, domineering, or that's the sense that I got early on was this uh, feeling of, of, of this uh, intelligence just pummeling me with this psychedelic onslaught that was uh, something that I haven't felt before. You know, I've had hard, heavy trips on various different substances, but this was like a, this was like a whole new ball game. You know, this is like some shit that you couldn't, you know, it's almost like laughing at me at certain points because, you know, I had done all this research to go to Peru and to drink ayahuasca for the first time and I had read these books and I probably watched countless hours of videos and read, read, read and done all this research to prepare myself the best that I could and this intelligence, which I'm going to, uh, I'm going to finish this, what I'm saying, but I want to, I want to differentiate these, these different intelligences that I, that I came in contact with or what I felt to be extrinsic intelligences um, during the ayahuasca trip. The first portion of this experience seemed to be a different intelligence other than uh, grandmother ayahuasca. Now she comes in here in just a few minutes and pretty much saves my ass and gives me this very beautiful, like uh, peaceful um, moment of respite where she's like, okay, we're going to go again, but I'm going to give you a second to breathe. This entity or this intelligence that is like laughing at me and saying, oh, you did all your research, you read all your books, you watched all your videos, is this what you expected? Did, are you prepared? This was did not seem to me to be the spirit of Mother Ayahuasca. This seemed to be a more aggressive, uh, male-feeling, uh, masculine-feeling uh, intelligence that was kind of prodding me, you know, and he, and it was like this, uh, this spirit or whatever it was, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's coming from my own, I don't know. I'm not here to argue whether it's from coming from the plant or the DMT or my own subconscious. I don't know, dude. It's impossible to tell because it seems so extraneous to yourself. It doesn't seem like it's coming out of you. It seems like it's coming at you. Um, and it's difficult to even explain that concept unless you felt it before. Some of you may have, some of you may have not. Um, but it felt as though this very masculine, stern, almost uh, not tricksterish, but very like mischievous, like good naturedly, but very, very powerfully mischievous intelligence is saying, it's like laughing at me, saying, oh, you read all your books, you did all your research, you did all your homework, you were a good little boy, but what do you think now? Now that you face me here in the dark, in the jungle, what do you think now? Are you ready for this? No. And you know, it's like me just like groveling, like, no, this, and you know, I, I, and I'm laughing at myself as well, like, no, fuck no, there's nothing that I, like, it's hilarious to think, you know, I remember thinking this in the, in the midst of the experience and laughing at myself out loud and saying, wow, it, how hilarious is it that I had this idea that I could somehow be prepared for this experience? Like, I might as well have never even heard of ayahuasca and drank it right then, you know, it 
there's nothing that could ever prepare you for this, the magnitude of intensity that you're undergoing. And so I spend, I don't know, time loses all meaning and you can't, you can't distinguish how long it's been. And, you know, it, you're just in this whirlwind of psychedelia and it doesn't really allow for the mitigation and understanding of time because, and really it doesn't matter. And that's another thing it was telling me is like, I would think about like time, how long has, has this been going on? How long have I been here? Uh, when is this going to end? And it would tell me like, none of that shit matters. None of that shit matters. Let it go. It doesn't make any difference how long you've been here. It doesn't make any difference how much longer you're going to be here. You need to let it go and be here with us. And so it, it kind of wish it kind of uh, undulates from this very stern, uh, aggressive uh, feeling uh, spirit to this kind of tricksterous, malicious, almost good-naturedly mischievous feeling to this kind of uh, parentally masculine figure like, don't try to escape this. It's okay. You're going to be okay. We have to push you though. We can't let you just be, you know, you came here for this and you need to get this full experience and we have to push you and we have to challenge what you, what you think you know. And it did. And it pushed me to the point where I didn't think I could take anymore. Um, and it, it comes in waves, you know, like most psychedelics or most drugs in general do. It comes in waves. And you get these moments of almost uh, uh, like we're like, oh, God, OK, thank you. I can breathe now. I can breathe. OK, I'm not going to die. And then it's like and it like picks back up and it, it just like fucking spins you through the cycle again. And you're just like, oh, God, please make this stop, you know. And uh, and like I say, it's not that I was like begging for it to stop because I was afraid. It was like just the the sheer violence of it. Uh, that's one of the ways I've described it is just the violent aggressiveness of it. Um, I just didn't feel like I could handle it, but you know what? I did handle it and I came out the other side better for it, much better for it. And you know, finally, after I went through this multi-hour experience and that peak intensity slowed down and I got to meet, <clears throat> pardon me, I got to meet grandmother ayahuasca and I'm having these, uh, moments of beautiful, peaceful clarity where, I mean, I literally remember thinking I have never felt this level of comfort and peace in my life ever. Never, I've never felt this kind of peace. Um, you know, I go through that. I meet the, the grandmother spirit. My, I'm, I spend time with my grandparents who had passed on. I'm having these, like, visions of the future, of, like, my future wife giving birth to my child. I'm seeing, like, all, like, every male predecessor, like, I'm, like, blasting back through time and, like, shooting through every male predecessor who came before me. I'm, like, having these visions of my brother and his wife and their unborn daughter and this, that, and the third, and, like, dude, like, just these and that's just like the the spiritual kind of sensations I'm having. That's not even to touch on like the visual aspect of it, which is literally completely indescribable, monumental, uh, geometric fractal obelisks disintegrating into these like fucking neon hurricane tornadoes that are ripping through the Maloka and people are purging and the Icaros are being sung and like the energy is just fucking unbelievably uh just 
violent and intense and aggressive and powerful and just it's just lording over me and just roaring at me in my face and it's kind of like bought like uh prodding me saying like come on meet me match me don't be afraid come on get like come back at me it's okay and so i have these moments where i'm able to stand up within myself not physically stand up that wasn't really an option because i couldn't see that i was I, I couldn't even see my body or I didn't, I didn't even realize I was on the ground or on planet earth. You know, I'm, I'm completely gone into the cosmos, but it's like, t it's like pushing me and it's saying, like, come on, stand up for yourself, stand up for yourself. It's okay. Like you have this power within you. And then finally, after I've gone through this multitude of insane experiences compacted into this probably four, five hour session, as it's finally slowing down and everything, and I'm like starting to come out of it. It's saying to me, uh, you know, I've spent time with Grandmother Ayahuasca at this point, but it's like this masculine uh, energy is coming back in for a moment. He's saying, you know, I know early on that you thought that I was trying to intimidate you or that I was trying to dominate you or that I was trying to scare you. But, but this uh, intelligence, and, and I keep using this language of intelligence and spirit and he, because there's no other way to describe it. I can't describe it any differently. Um, but this intelligence is telling me, look, <clears throat> I had to show you that magnitude of aggression and power and violence because I need you to know that that is intrinsic to yourself. It's not extraneous. That came from within you. And you have access to that magnitude of power in your day-to-day -day life. And you are able to tap into that and utilize it and that's not to be utilized for for actual physical violence and aggression and anger and rage and hatred things like that but it's like he was saying you have this powerful powerful warrior spirit inside you and uh sometimes you lose sight of that and it takes another warrior spirit to push you and challenge you and say hey Come on, stand up for yourself. Look, see that this is inside you, that um, you already have access to this, but you've forgotten. You're, you're misremembering. You've misplaced it. You can't, you, can't, uh, you can't find it in yourself. So it took that level of intensity and just this voracious uh, uh, aggression toward me, or what I felt initially was, to show me that that was actually within myself and then that was a an untapped power that I needed to utilize in my day-to-day -day life and man that was I mean that's just a, like a fragment of the many many lessons and things I was shown that night but that was a very very potent and powerful message to me um, that meant so many different things to me in so many ways um, you know, and it, and finally when it's all over and as the night's slowing down, I realized that, hey, this like masculine, <clears throat> aggressive, mischievous, uh, prodding intelligence is not here to dominate me. It, it, it didn't show me this to intimidate me or frighten me. It showed me this because it needed me to understand that that was within me all along and it needed to push me and challenge me to open up and realize that I had that power intrinsically within myself. So that was a, a, a potent lesson for me to learn and a potent way to be shown it. 
And, you know, I think it's probably like uh, when I was younger and I played sports, you know, you have that coach who yells at you and curses you out and pushes you and, you know, that really aggressive masculine energy and says, you can do it. Get your ass up. Don't be a bitch. Keep going. Keep going. You can do it. Sometimes you need to be met with that kind of force to awaken that potential within yourself. And that was what I was shown through that portion of the experience. And that was a powerful lesson for me. And I'm very thankful for that lesson. Um, and so, yeah, that's basically um, an explanation of kind of what that reading meant and uh, a very powerful lesson handed down from some plant intelligence in the Peruvian mountains. So um, I hope you guys enjoyed that. <clears throat> We're going to do our quote and get on out of here. Um, right before we do that, once again, guys, hit us up on the socials, follow us, like us, share our shit. We love making cool stuff for you. We love being involved in the community. We love engaging with you. So follow us on social media at Psychedelicast. Subscribe to the show. Share it with your friends and family and the community. Let's do our quote. And I found the perfect quote for you guys uh, from the myth, the man, the myth, the legend, Alex Gray, the uh, great and powerful visionary artist. I think it goes very well with this reading because I think it speaks to exactly what I was just talking about, about these intelligences initially presenting themselves or my perception of them being extrinsic, but then finally realizing that they are in some way intrinsic to myself. Now, whether or not that was an extrinsic force showing me that, I can't tell you. All I can tell you is go drink ayahuasca and look for yourself. The infinite vibratory levels, the dimensions of interconnectedness, are without end. There is nothing independent. All beings and things are residents in your awareness. Thank you for joining us, Psychedelic Casters. We appreciate you. We hope you enjoy these No Trip Sitter episodes and the readings and the explanations. We love you so much. And once again, as always, we appreciate you for joining us and prying open the third eye. We'll see you next time. Peace.